But even though it can imagine and describe, you can't imagine Jannah. And you can't describe Jannah. So that is Jannah, and that is Jahannam, and this is the dunya that we live in. When you understand that this world has moments of happiness, and has difficult low moments, then understand that the life that we live is not a static life. The iman that we have does not run on a static level. The contentment of the heart that we feel will never remain static. Rather it moves up and moves down with the passing of every day. This means that it's dynamic in nature. It's not static, rather it's dynamic. It has its ups, it has its downs. This is the reality of this world. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said this to us in his book when he said, إِنَّكَ كَادِحٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ كَدْحًا فَمُلَاقِيهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that you and I, we are on a tiresome journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're not sailing and freestyling, whatever that means. We are on a tiresome journey to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God Almighty, likens us in this world to a farmer that tills his land before the rains using his pick. How he toils underneath the midday sun, digging and digging and digging. This is toiling. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes our journey to him as this farmer. So understand that it will be a life dynamic with ups and downs. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not leave us astray. He left us informed for he sent prophets and he revealed books to teach us the reality of the life that we live in. To grant us perspective. Because perspective is about knowing who you are. And about knowing where you are. And about knowing where you're going. And about knowing how to get there successfully. That's perspective. We weren't just left like that. To deal with these ups and downs with no arsenal. La. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just. He revealed books, He sent prophets, and they gave us perspective. Once again, they told us who we are, and where we are, and where we are heading towards, and how to get there successfully. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So once again, who are we? I said earlier, we are a body, a mind, a nafs, a ruh, and a heart. This heart as I established, is the most important entity. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught this to us in many ahadith. I said the most important of them earlier. If we look at another narration, he says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنْظُرْ إِلَىٰ صُوَرِكُمْ وَلَا إِلَىٰ أَجْسَادِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ يَنْظُرْ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ He says, God Almighty does not look at your images and does not look at your bodies and the way you dress and your external. Rather, God Almighty judges you based on your heart and based on your deeds. This again makes manifest how important the heart is. And that is why we've heard the famous hadith narrated by Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an, the second Khalifa, the second Khalifa. What did he say? He said that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, there's nothing about your actions except the intention present when those actions were observed. Remember the closed-ended statement? 
He didn't say actions are judged by intentions. He said there is nothing about your actions except that they are based upon the intention present when this action was performed. Did you observe this action for God Almighty? If so, it will be kept for you. However, if you observe an act that seems to be an act of worship, but the intent and intention behind it was to please someone from the creation of God Almighty, then this act is rejected and is null and is void. Thus, the focus here is the heart. The success for yourself and myself, O servants of Allah, is being freed from the hellfire and being entered into paradise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ Every soul shall taste death. And then Allah says that every soul will be given its due on the day of Qiyamah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ And the one who is saved from the hellfire, وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةِ and is entered into paradise, فَقَدْ فَاز has indeed succeeded. فَقَدْ has indeed succeeded. This is success. Success of the year after. And don't forget the opening ayah that I recited, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the day of Qiyamah will not be of benefit, meaning the benefits present on the day of Qiyamah, if any, will not be for the one who had financial standing and for the one who had a material well-being, or for the one who had many, a child. Rather, it's for the one who meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a pure heart. Now, there are types of hearts as taught to us by our scholars. They say that there is a heart which is considered a dark heart. A heart that has no light of belief in it. Because the possessor of this heart is a disbeliever. So the light of belief, iman is a light that radiates from the heart. Again, understand how important the heart is. Iman radiates from the heart. And a person who has a dark heart is a person that does not have belief. Thus, this person is a disbeliever. Then we have another type of a heart. And this is the heart of a person who is confused. Thus, this heart is called a confused, rebellious heart. A treacherous heart. And this is the heart of those that were found at the time of the Prophet ﷺ when he migrated to Medina and Islam began to become prevalent and there were benefits to attribute yourself to Islam. This was the nature of the hearts of the hypocrites, the munafiqun. They said outwardly and explicitly that they believed, but implicitly they did not believe. This is regarded as, or this is called rather, a treacherous heart, a confused heart. Then the scholars say that we have something known as a mixed heart. It's a heart that has love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and a heart that has love for the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it is a heart as well that seems to follow its desires, seems to follow its whims and its fancies of the self, of the nafs. So, it has love for Allah, it has love for His Prophet, but it's weak with regards to dealing to the innate desires of the self. And remember we said the self is when the soul and the body are attached to each other. So, this body has wombs, it has fancies, but the sharia 
the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Islam which is a way of life, governed us, gave us perspective, taught us the do's and taught us the don'ts. And there might be certain don'ts that our nafs is inclined towards. Right? And this heart is weak in ensuring that this nafs doesn't fall prey to its desires. So it is, it is a heart that is mixed with the love of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they love to follow the instructions of, of, of Allah and His Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But it's weak in terms of following what it loves to follow. And many of us can relate to this heart. And this is the third heart. Then we have the fourth heart. And the fourth heart, as our scholars say, is a pure heart, a content heart, a true heart. And that is the heart of a true believer. The believer that has mastered the act of growing this iman and belief in God Almighty to the extent where it governs this believer. It governs its nafs. And it is all for following the teachings of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Peace and blessings be upon him. And it is not interested in what the nafs desires from the glitter and glamour and attractions of this temporary life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this pure heart. Heart number four. Amin. This heart, O servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is something that God Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Hadid, He says, أَلَمْ يَأْنِ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَن تَخْشَعَ قُلُوبُهُمْ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَمَا نَزَلَ مِنَ الْحَقِّ وَلَا يَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ مِنْ قَبْلِ فَطَالَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَمَدِ فَقَسَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنْهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Hadid tells us, has a time not come for the believers, for their hearts to become soft and pure because of this Qur'an, because of the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because of the remembrance of God Almighty. Has a time not come for the believers' hearts to submit and become at peace and become filled with the light of guidance because of this revelation and the remembrance of God Almighty. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, and do not fall prey and become like those before you, the people of the book before you. They had guidance, but they became a victim of time. فَطَالَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَمَدِ Time overtook them. فَقَسَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ Thus their hearts became hardened. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here talks about the heart becoming hardened. فَقَسَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنْهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ And when their hearts became hardened, they became sinful. And when they became sinful, they went astray. And this is the reality of the heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala marries here between the heart and guidance because this heart, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, when it's attached to the hereafter, it does indeed become soft. But when it's attached to this world, this temporary life, it does indeed become hardened. And this is the plot and ploy of the devil. His job is to 
make magnanimous this temporary life. So that we become attached to it. And we forget that death is only the beginning and it's not the end. And we forget that there is a life after death. And as we come for this dunya, our hearts become hardened. And a hard heart is not a place for iman. Thus this life becomes a life of woes and sorrows and depression and narrow and restricted. And people have difficulty negotiating the injustices of this world. And that's a fact. Those who deny the hereafter place themselves in a, in, in a quandary. The dichotomy of denying the hereafter places us in a quandary. Because how do you deal with the open injustices of this world? The hereafter is a place of justice. You might come across injustice in this world which you cannot rectify, which you cannot get your right. Maybe that injustice was done to you because you don't have the abilities to. You don't have the know-how, the power, the ability. But you take peace in that a day will come when justice will prevail. It helps the heart remain soft. It helps the heart remain sane. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the people before us and how prophets were sent to them and how they were guided, but they became victims of time. And understand that a hard heart is the worst heart. It's worse than anything you can, t- you, you can talk about. Think about the hardest thing you can think about right now. What do you think it is? A rock? A rock? A rock is hard. A hard rock is better than a hard heart. Because you can still benefit from a hard rock. Have you not seen where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah talks about rocks? Allah says, وَإِنَّ مِنَ الْحِجَارَةِ لَمَا يَتَفَجَّرُ مِنْهُ الْأَنْهَارُ وَإِنَّ مِنْهَا لَمَا يَشَّقَّقُ فَيَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ الْمَاءُ وَإِنَّ مِنْهَا لَمَا يَهْبِطُ مِنْ خَشْيَةِ اللَّهِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Allah talks about the types of rocks and says there are rocks that split asunder and streams flow out of them. Is that not beneficial? And they are rocks that allows water to come out of them. Is that not beneficial? And they are rocks that fall down in servitude and submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ilaha illallah. A rock which is hard, O servants of Allah, is better than a hard heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Our hearts, O servants of Allah, become sick. They become sick physically when we have a bad diet, when we live a high stressful life, right? Our arteries become blocked. May Allah protect us from this. And we need operations known as bypasses and triple bypasses. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala His protection. And we ask Allah to ease the difficulties of those going through those operations right now. Or those who have undergone those operations. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to shower ease upon their families. Amin. May it be so. This heart becomes physically sick. And when it's physically sick, we need a doctor, a physical doctor. But this heart, O servant of Allah, and O child of Adam becomes spiritually sick as well. There are many spiritual sicknesses of the heart. And I want to share with you three of them. The first sickness, as our scholars say, as deduced from the sources of the sharia, is a sickness known as marad al-ghafla. The sickness of heedlessness. And marad al-shahwa. 
The sickness of following your desires. وَمَرَضْ الشَّكِّ The sickness of doubt. These are sicknesses of the heart. Let's start with the sickness of doubt. The sickness of doubt is of two types. The first one is a disease where one doubts everything they do. There are some people in society, whatever they do, they doubt that they did it. Because they have become engulfed by the whispers of the devil. This is known as wiswas. So they observe ablution, and they doubt that they observed ablution. They do it again, and they do it again, and they do it again, and they do it again. There is someone who left salah because they were so tired of the wudu. They would spend hours making wudu because they'd observe wudu and doubt that they made wudu. This is a sickness. It happens to some people. They have a chemical imbalance. It's a physical uh, element to it as well as spiritual element. The devil whispers to them, makes them doubt. They lock their house. They take a few steps. They doubt that they lock their house. They go back, check the door. Then they take a few steps. They doubt again. They come back, they check the door. Then they take a few steps. They doubt again. They come back, uh, they check the door. There's some people, they greet you, and then they greet you, and then they greet you, and then they greet you. Subhanallah, I came across a person, he would greet you 15, 20 times, one after the other. Assalamu alaikum. No, no. Assalamu alaikum. No, 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 no. Assalamu alaikum. He's doubting himself. This is known as marad ash-shak. It's a sickness. And we need to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his protection from it. We might have people who we know who have fallen prey to the sickness. How do we deal with the sickness? The scholars say that you should have trust in God Almighty. If you observe wudu once and you doubt that you've done it, consider it done. Whether you did it or you don't do it, consider it done and move on to salah. If you say Allahu Akbar and you begin the salah and now you doubt that you've begun the salah, forget about it. Consider yourself having begun the salah. Whether you did it or you didn't do it. And with time, you will cure yourself from the spiritual disease. The spiritual disease of the heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the sickness. Then, there's a second sickness of ash-shak. And this is a more serious one. Because this is the sickness where one doubts his religion. He starts questioning his religion. After being guided to Islam, he starts questioning the presence of the Creator. He starts doubting it. He hasn't denied it, but he starts doubting it. If he denies it, he becomes a disbeliever. He hasn't denied it, but he's doubting it. He starts doubting the instructions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And we found this in some of the universities. Because the universities are places of academia, right? And, and places where uh, people of all backgrounds of life are present. Even those who deny the presence of a creator. So sometimes they spread shubuhat, misconceptions. And this person lacks the necessary knowledge to necessitate his protection from these misconceptions. And then it starts playing time and time again over in his mind. And he starts doubting. He'll tell you, why do, after I relieve myself, may Allah honor you all, why do I have to observe ablution? It involves washing other parts. This is a question that some of, some of those who have entered this realm of shirk ask. Why ask this question? Do it because it was an instruction from the best person who walked the face of this earth, the final messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. 
It was established that he did it, beyond doubt. The evidences that established that he did it, there's no doubt regarding them. Thus you do it. It's the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in doing it. This is a sickness of the heart. And we seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection from it. May Allah protect our youth from the sickness. The sickness of doubting the principal matters of religion.